Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling World. As always, I'm your host, Austin Boyer. And I just want to say thank you all for listening to my show. I am currently at 559 listens so far as a total. And I want to say thank you to all my subscribers and those who have favored my podcast as well. Thank you all so much for tuning in every week. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Okay, so... Tonight's episode is called Monday Night Madness, because that's what it was. It was madness. Um, We started the show off with Randy Orton coming out. He shoots a promo talking about how he's the best, better than Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, John Cena, Taker, you know, all these guys. Alexa Bliss comes out. You know, she says... He's here. Or, or no, she said he could possibly be here. Then the lights go out. They, well, they flicker. And you hear the, hear the fiend, the laughter. And, um... You know, I, I just love this whole storyline. This, this whole Orton-fiend storyline, this rivalry that has continued, that has come back. I think there's so much they could do with this. And I hope there's more to come. Um, But as I was saying, then all of a sudden, you know, Drew McIntyre, he hits Orton with a Claymore. And then The Miz comes out, he attempts to cash in which, you know, who's, who didn't see this coming, right? I honestly thought it was going to happen. I honestly thought, okay, the Miz is going to cash in, you know. It'd be a surprise. Then McIntyre makes a stop. Beats the hell out of Miz and Morrison, which... I don't know about you, I don't want to see Miz as champion. I don't think it's going to happen. I just, I don't see him having a real title right now. Just can't happen. Unless it's for like an Intercontinental Championship, United States Championship, or whatever is on the Raw brand. I just don't see it happening. Eventually he will cash in. But if he does, it could be for like a tag team title shot. Um... They had opportunities with Otis. 
that they they felt on. Like I said, Otis could have had a tag team title opportunity. Why they th- why they put this briefcase on the Miz? I don't understand it because the Miz, like Otis, it's it's comedy to me, and I, I say this every week because I can't stand the Miz, and I don't see where he would fit in with this storyline. Um, they're involving him, which is cool, I think, but. Because it, it is exciting, you know. You want to know what happens next. I I, I want to know what happens next. But I don't see Miz cashing in on Orton right now. Even if Orton does drop the title soon, which is rumored, depending on who he drops the title to. Um. I just I don't see. The Miz cashing in on Orton, being that Orton is, you know, a top heel, and really he shouldn't suffer a loss right now being a world champion. I don't see Orton's title reign being, you know, be, being much longer. I don't see him having a long title reign. I feel like there will be a triple threat match at Survivor Series. Well, not Sur- not Survivor Series, but after Survivor Series. I feel like this is going to have a long build in the coming weeks. I feel like it'll be The Fiend, McIntyre, Norton. And in this match, I feel like McIntyre will take the pin. He will take... Orton will pin McIntyre is what I should say. Because what they want to do is they want to, you know, make Orton look strong. But also make the fiend look strong. You know, you don't want to take have the fiend take a loss either. That would damage his character. So just like they did with Strowman, Bray Wyatt, and Roman, and how Strowman, you know, got pinned. I think that I think this will be the same scenario. I think McIntyre will be pinned if indeed it does go into a triple threat match which I believe it will they're teasing it it's probably going to happen and then after the triple threat match I see Orton and The Fiend feuding possibly for the real championship assuming that Orton has it after Survivor Series well he will but I'm saying Assuming he has the belt after the triple threat match, whenever they do book that match. Um, but yeah, the Miz attempts to cash in, he fails. Um, Drew McIntyre makes the save. This leads up to McIntyre versus Miz and Morrison in the handicap match. Um, we all saw how that match went. If you tuned into Raw tonight, obviously McIntyre won. Um, this main event it shouldn't have been a main event to me. It, we we should have had something better as a main event. I personally thought the triple threat match with Strowman, Sheamus, and Keith Lee should have been main eventing, or even the New Day, um, even the New Day match should have main evented. 
because this just isn't made of that material for me. I feel like this match should have been booked in the beginning of the show. Because the Miz and Morrison, to me, just aren't main event material anymore. Yes, some, some could say the Miz is the main event star. He got good promos, whatever. But what has Miz done in the last few months that make him a legit main eventer? Absolutely nothing. So, I do, I do feel that that match shouldn't have been the main event. Don't see why it was. But that's what we got, you know. I think tonight's show was decent. I don't think it was horrible. We did see Lana get put through a table for the seventh time in a row, but we'll get to that later. That's always enjoyable to watch, you know. <laughs> I didn't think it would happen. Being that after they had the segment with Nia and Lana, and, you know, then it cut to the cut to a, a a backstage segment. I didn't think it would happen. I thought, hmm, Lana's safer this week. They're actually not going to put it through a table. Then it turns out they had Nia versus Lana. Which then then I seen that and ultimately ultimately figured that Lana was going to be put through a table. And I must be able to tell the future or something because it happened. I mean. You don't got to predict it. You ultimately know it's going to happen at this point because it's been happening for weeks. And at first I thought, okay, well, they're going to bury Honest Character, being that Rusev, a.k.a. Miro, is in AEW. But I guess that's not the plan. Apparently, from what I read online... That this is a way to get Lana some sympathy so that so that she can grow as a babyface. And when I read that I thought, what the hell? This is how they're getting her over as a babyface? Like is this really how we get baby faces over anymore in pro wrestling? And they never really showed that she turned babyface. Um, yeah, she's involved in the storyline with Naya and Baszler. But I don't see how she's a babyface. Um, I, I just think it's a dumb way to turn her babyface, I should say. Doesn't make no sense. Yeah, this is pretty much laughable at this point. I don't think anybody's really feeling sorry for Lana. I think people more or less are laughing, thinking, oh, well, this is funny. So, you know, so we're, so we're just going to laugh at this. We're not going to feel bad for her. Are we supposed to? I don't. It's pro wrestling. It's enjoyable to watch. <laughs> at least I think so. Too predictable, though, I will say. At least put her through a table in the ring or something. You know, make it make it fun. Make it watchable. When something happens for seven weeks, you basically predict it. It's time to up the ante. Put her through, like, a two tables 
or something. If you're gonna if you're gonna do a spot like that, at least make it interesting. Something new every week. Maybe one week she goes to a table in the ring. Uh, maybe, maybe Nia Jax accidentally falls through a table. I, I don't know. There's so many options they can do there. They're gonna do it. But moving on to the next segment. Jeff Hardy versus Elias guitar in a pull match. Um, this match I thought was fun. I, I thought it was quick. You know, obviously everybody wants to see Elias get hit with a guitar. Whenever a guitar is involved in the ring, you know what's going to happen. You know somebody's going to get hit with a guitar. Again, too predictable. But it's always fun to see somebody get hit with a guitar. The only problem I have with this whole scenario, this whole match, I should say, is the fact that Jeff Hardy interrupted Elias again while he was doing his song. <laughs> Honestly, because I like that song. I like that song by Elias, that Amen song. I think it's great. Um, I actually downloaded it this morning. Uh, I still say they should have a Battle of the Bands match. So much fun stuff they could do. You know, Jeff Hardy has his own band, Elias, with the new album. Be fun to see. I kind of like this storyline. I'm, I'm a big fan of Elias. Not, not just saying that because he's from Pittsburgh, but he does have good mic skills. He gets over as a heel. You know, he was a babyface for a while. That didn't work so much. The reason why I like Elias is he knows how to piss off the fans. You know, he's he's doing his job. He does it well. So there's no reason to turn Elias. And I think Jeff Hardy, man, you know, he's always been a great performer. In ring, outside of the ring, on the mic, whatever, you know. He's great. Do I think I do I see this going further? Yes, of course. Do I see it going past Survivor Series? Probably. I I kind of feel like there's going to be another stipulation match after Survivor Series between Elias and Jeff. Just to get people excited. <laughs> These two obviously work well together. So I don't see any reason for this feud not to continue. So I'm excited as far as Elias and Jeff you know I think they, that they got the whole guitar involved I think that was a nice touch to the match because they didn't have to do that it could it could have just been a you know a normal one-on-one -on -one match but it's something new for raw you know we don't usually don't get to see those kind of matches too often anymore and with Elias Elias's character it's a perfect fit So, yeah, I, I enjoyed this segment, you know. It wasn't a serious match, but I I enjoyed it. Speaking for myself, you know, everybody has their own opinion, but... Like I said, I, I don't like how this storyline came about with the whole Jeff Hardy 
car accident. But what's happening now in this storyline? I like it. You know, this is a way for Elias to come back as a heel. You know, I get it. So, you know, I'm with it. You know, I'm 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 interested to see what they do in the next few weeks with this. Hoping that Elias stays healthy. He's had his fair share of injuries. Jeff Hardy's had his fair share. And I'm also excited to see Jeff on the Raw brand. I feel he's just more suited on the Raw brand than he would be on SmackDown. You know, Jeff Jeff is just a top star. I'm not saying they don't have top stars on SmackDown, but I'm just saying Jeff... He belongs on Raw. So it's, it's just good for a change. And there's, there's so much he can do on Raw. A feud with The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, I think that'd be great. Interesting. You know, Jeff, he has the character of Willow the Wisp, who debuted in Ring of Honor. You know, a lot of people think. You know, Willow, the Wisp, debuted in TNA, but that's not true. The character of Willow debuted in Ring of Honor. Just to point that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's always that character, you know, that they can, they can do in WWE. I think they could pull it off if they want to go that route. The Fiend is a great character. I think he's one of the best characters since Mankind or Kane or Taker that we haven't seen in a while. Because how often do, you, do we get these kind of characters? So, yeah, there's there's so much they could do with Jeff. You know, I know that he's getting older. He doesn't have that much time left in pro wrestling. But let's enjoy what time he does have left. So I guess we'll just go along for the ride on this one. But as I said, I love the whole Elias and Jeff thing. Can't wait to see it continue. So, <laughs> another segment I enjoyed tonight was the R Truth versus Lashley segment. Um, I don't know about you guys, man, but I love R Truth. I do. Um, and if you've heard my recent comp, re- recent episodes. I'm not a big fan of comedy wrestling. I'm not a big fan of comedy wrestlers, you know. I like to see a plain wrestling match. Decent a good promo. Nothing funny about it. I don't know. If that makes me old school, I don't know. But that's what I grew up watching. But our truth, man, he's just, he's just so funny. And he can work with anybody. This guy can wrestle. And the promos he cuts are just hilarious. And he's made a career out of, out of doing this. Just, just being funny and being comedic. He came out to the ring. Asking for Bobby Boucher to sign his cup. Only to find out that it was Bobby Lashley. <laughs> And I got a chuckle out of it because the fact that he laid down for Lashley and said, hey, we don't got to do this, just pin me. 
So you got to give the writing team for WWE credit for this because you know, Archer is just gold. He's comedy gold right now. And if there were fans in that building, they'd be laughing, you know, because he always gets over with the fans no matter what he does. People enjoy our truth. He doesn't have to be a serious character. He doesn't need to have a championship. He's won that champion, the 24-7 championship how many times? 47 times. Honestly, that's not an exaggeration. It's just the honest truth. What, 47 times at least? Um... Now, granted, the 24-7 stuff, it's gotten old. I don't think people care for it anymore. You know, I also like to point out, you know, what they did with Drew Gulak tonight. Uh, he's chasing the 24-7 championship. When this guy, you know, months ago was having matches with Daniel Bryan, great matches. So I don't like the current position they have him in right now. Do I see it getting any better for him? Probably not. Just because of what the current roster looks like. There's so much talent coming up from NXT. I just feel like he'll get lost in the shuffle. Maybe until they find something better for him. But what they're doing with him now, I don't agree with. You know, if he continues with R-Truth, it, it might be entertaining for a few weeks. Eventually that will die down. Um, you know, the 24-7 championship, when it first came about, you know, it was kind of interesting just to see what they were doing. But as weeks and weeks went on, it got old, you know, and I don't think the creative team even takes it serious anymore. Nobody really even does. This, I think this is just a way to get our truth more over with the fans, get more people to tune in. Um... But yeah, our truth, man, the guy can work with anybody. This is probably the only like funny wrestler that I actually like. You know, I'm not a like I said, I'm not a big fan of comedy wrestling, but with our truth, I enjoy it because he can pull it off. He can be entertaining. So it's always nice to see him. It's nice to see that WWE puts him out there. You know, it's nice to see he gets exposure. A lot of wrestlers like that would be released by WWE. Or just, you know, taken off TV for a few weeks, thrown in, taken off again. They wouldn't be taken very serious, as I should put it. Then you've got Bobby Lashley, man. A, a guy that is so dominant. A guy that has wrestled for WWE, ECW, Impact. You know, he's an MMA fighter for Bellator MMA. This guy is everywhere. And he has done so many great things, and ha he has so many accomplishments. He, he's being booked properly, I think. You know, with the Hurt Business, I enjoy the Hurt Business. MVP, Cedric, Shelton, Lashley. I enjoy this. Um, I was pretty skeptic about it when they first paired these guys together. But Lashley, man, he's just... Great, he's in shape even for his age, man. He just keeps himself in perfect shape. And the fact that he's doing MMA, I've seen his MMA matches, he's great. He dominates those guys. I know his first run in WWE, he was a babyface, you know, for his career, and then they took him off into TNA. And he was a heel, you know, as a real champion. 
Um, and I currently like him as a heel. He's like, you know, Brock Lesnar to me. So that was a match that we all wanted to see was Lesnar versus Lashley. We didn't get to see it, but I mean, it happened. It it happens. So yeah, as I was saying, you know, R-Truth, he lays down for Lashley. R-Truth picks him back up, puts him in a full Nelson, matches over. Um, that's the Gulak, like I said. I don't like the, what they're doing with Gulak. Hopefully it gets better, but I don't see it happening. Um, but yeah. You know, shit happens, I guess. But, <laughs> um, I, 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 like the, I like the booking of Lashley. Now, I don't understand the whole Retribution Hurt Business storyline. I guess it's just disappeared now. That Retribution is just done with Hurt Business. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand that. It seems that each week, you know, Retribution is just laughed at. They're not taken serious anymore. I said in my previous episodes that Retribution would just turn into another Nexus, and that seems as if they have. Even worse than Nexus, I think. But it is what it is. I love the booking of the Hurt Business. I do, you know. Um, but Retribution, as far as they go, they're just going to be forgotten about until they decide to throw these guys down in NXT or something. Or, I don't, I don't know what they would do at this point. You know, Retribution, they came out and they attacked uh, Cedric. Not not Cedric, but um, Ricochet. And someone else, I don't remember. Oh, Tucker. Tucker Otis's former partner. That's who it was. But, you know, they, they really just don't have nothing for these guys. When they first came here, they were this big threat, you know, kind of like an ISIS character type group. Um, now they're just laughed at. And now the Hurt Business, they they basically just made these guys look like idiots. So I, I, when they said about, you know, the Hurt Business and they got rid of Retribution tonight, I thought, really, is that it? That's all we're going to see? Retribution's not going to attack these guys or something? I expected more. I, I didn't just expect more from this segment tonight, but I, ex I expected more from Retribution as well. They have lost all momentum, all credibility. But they just didn't lose credibility. They, they just didn't lose momentum. Mustafa Ali lost a lot of momentum. And this hacker storyline, it was exciting. You know, people were tuning in every week, you know, wondering who the hacker was. Now, the majority of people thought it was CM Punk. And I thought so too. But it turned out to be Mustafa Ali. Well, first, the, the you know, the storyline, it got forgotten about. 
then they brought it back. Then it was revealed that Mustafa Ali was the hacker. So people were excited again, thinking, wow, you know, Mustafa's a hill. But now, not only has Retribution lost all credibility, but now Mustafa Ali is now just a joke with the rest of his group. This could have been big, you know, this could have been something to look at. But when you look at these guys as a group, and you have their names like Slapjack, Mace, and T-Bar. And I think Maya Yim is actually, her name is Reckoning in the group. Um, names like that, I mean, are we supposed to take that serious? So, like I said, is I, I did like the Hurt Business and Retribution storyline. I did. Like, it, was, it was fun to see. I didn't understand how they were booking two hill groups against each other, but, but still. It was fun to watch. But now, apparently, it's all over. Why, why wasn't this match, you know, on Survivor Series? I know Survivor Series is brand versus brand, and I'll get that in a minute. But... What would be interesting to see is Retribution versus like the Raw or SmackDown roster together versus Retribution. I think that'd be fun. Definitely be better than to see SmackDown versus Raw again like we see every year. Um, I don't get this build to Survivor Series whatsoever. I don't understand the point of wrestlers joining Raw or SmackDown teams because what is the big payoff to this? Why do these wrestlers want to join you know, Team Raw or Team SmackDown? There's no reward at the end. The winning team isn't guaranteed a tag team championship opportunity or a title shot. I understand it's for brand supremacy, domination, or whatever. You want bragging rights or whatever but there's no reward at the end you know WWE they could have explained to us okay why should you join Team Raw or why should they do join Team Smackdown do they get a reward at the end they didn't explain none of this there's no build to this there, there's no they just announced these matches it was Randy Orton versus Roman with who are two hills. Um, Sasha versus Asuka. Um, and yeah, it's just a lazy build-up. Um, I don't understand it. I kind of feel like Undertaker might show up. I feel like they have something involved for The Fiend as well. So hopefully in the next few weeks we find out what's what's going on with this whole mess that they have. Um, the current teams right now for Raw and SmackDown, AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Strowman. I think there's one more. I don't I don't I don't know. But um I don't even know who's on the SmackDown side, to be honest. Because we, we see this match every year. 
and every year it's the same thing. SmackDown wins or Raw wins, and then nothing happens after that. There's no big payoff to this. Hell, they don't even give him a trophy. So, they, they could have gotten NXT involved in some way. You know, it, it could have been Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT again. That'd be more interesting than just to see Raw versus SmackDown. Like I said, they could have did Retribution versus Raw and SmackDown, teaming up together, you know, but that's not going to happen. That could have been a way to, you know, bring some dominance to Retribution, who were currently struggling as a group. But we're not getting that. We're getting something totally different with no build-up whatsoever. It's just a total mess. That's why I hate when they do these special pay-per-views because there's... It's, it's so confusing to me. And then after that pay-per-view, they, they go on with their regular feuds. Honestly, I want to see Bailey versus Sasha rematch, but no, we have to wait. Well, till Friday, but assuming Sasha wins, which she will, we have to wait until after Survivor Series because Sasha versus Asuka, and then after that, they'll you know return with Bailey versus Sasha again. So it's just like all these feuds are just kind of put on hold until the next pay-per-view when we just want to see these feuds take place, these storylines. But that's just how Survivor Series is. Like I said, you know, Taker could get involved. I feel like he will. It's been rumored that he would return at Survivor Series. Like I said, I'm not sure it could happen, but who knows? We have seen the Firefly Funhouse. You know, last week's episode, Bray Wyatt had some numbers on his hat that that was a um, reference to Undertaker's debut, which that's what I assume. And that's what a lot of people, you know, watching at home assume when they saw it, is that those numbers mean Taker's debut. So does this mean we'll see The Fiend versus Undertaker here soon? If not at Survivor Series, then when? In the next pay-per-view? You know, somewhere down the line? Um, I don't feel that Undertaker is actually retired. I feel he will have one more match in front of the fans before he does retire. And Taker always said, you know, if the money's right, he will return. So... Yes, I, I, I do feel maybe Taker could return to Survivor Series. Again, they will never confirm it. You know, they want, they want that to be a surprise. So, there's a lot they can do for this pay-per-view. Like I said, it was a lazy build to begin with. Hopefully there's more to come. Hopefully there's some surprises. But uh, I'm not liking what I'm seeing so far from the whole Survivor Series thing. I don't, I don't know about you, but I just don't understand it. And I can't wait till it's over. That's just me, though. Okay. Um, 
as I was saying, there was a new episode of the Firefly Funhouse tonight. Um, I enjoyed this one. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of comedy wrestling. There's very few things in wrestling that is comedy that I actually enjoy. Um, you know, a lot of people criticize Firefly Funhouse. I like it. It's Bray Wyatt. How could you not love Bray Wyatt? Everything that guy does is pure gold. You know, WWE should have realized that a long time ago when they dropped the ball with him. You know, they changed his character. Now he's Funhouse Bray. I've always thought his character was great. You know, he could have been a world champion a long time ago. He could have been a three-time world champion a long time ago. But yeah, everything that Bray Wyatt does, I love. Whether it's something like this, like the Firefly Funhouse, I, I love it because it's Bray Wyatt. The guy on the mic is just gold. But in this episode of the Firefly Funhouse, we saw the puppets swearing. Um, Abby the Witch was told, said something, like, go F yourself or something to Randy. And then Bray Wyatt said something, like, like holy shit. Or he said something like that. I, I don't know. But I enjoyed this segment. We are seeing... A darker side of Alexa Bliss than we've seen in the past. I think each week she will get more of a twisted personality, of a more darker character. When I first saw this segment tonight, you know, her eyes with those contacts in, and then I, then I saw her tongue, which at first I thought it was blood coming out of her mouth or some type of goo. But then when I read online, it said it was her tongue, um, which I, I found funny because when you think about it, they do call Randy Orton the Viper. Vipers do have long tongues. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Something to think about, I guess. But as I was watching the segment, it looked like blood coming out of her mouth, and I thought, oh, wow, well, what's this? This is new. But I do like the contacts, man. That's a nice touch. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm liking everything I'm seeing with Alexa and Bray. Every week, it's just it's exciting to tune in. And this whole feud he has with Randy, there's a big backstory to that. A huge backstory to Bray Wyatt and Randy. You know, Randy burned down the shed with Sister Abigail. Bray Wyatt, he's out for revenge. He says the fiend he never forgets. I think this is a way to get Bray over as a babyface. Alexa, who I believe is currently still a babyface, um, it seems as if they reignited the feud with Nikki Cross and Alexa. I know for a while that seemed like that was forgotten about. So I do feel like somewhere in the in, in the near future, we'll get to see Alexa versus Nikki Cross. You know, she'll, she'll try to save Alexa from the Fiend and probably fail. Maybe some somewhere down the line she could join Bray Wyatt and Alexa in the Funhouse. Maybe that could be a stable. It's a possibility. It's unlikely to happen. But again, 
something to think about. I was never a big fan of Nikki Cross. I heard her work in NXT was good, but what she's done on the main roster, um, just not in not interested in her character. Her in-ring ability is good, but her character, I don't know, I can't get behind it. So, yeah, like, I, I enjoy what I see with Alexa and Bray, and the fact that, you know, after, you know, we, we do see McIntyre versus Randy versus The Fiend, I feel like then we'll see Bray Wyatt versus Randy. I'm hoping so. But then again, when you think about it, there's always the Miz with the briefcase. Anything can happen. Like I said, I don't see Miz cashing in right now. He will eventually on somebody, whoever, who knows, but definitely not now. So... The question is, will Randy keep the title, or will he drop it to Bray? Because I don't, I don't see you know McIntyre getting involved anymore after the Triple Threat match. I don't see why he would. You know, we we've seen the whole McIntyre versus Randy. It, it's 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 gone on for too long. McIntyre is champion. He had a good reign. Yeah, it was decent. Could have been better as a heel. Just my opinion. So, assuming Randy Orton wins the triple threat match, if it's booked, then we should see The Fiend versus Orton because they are teasing it. Fans want to see it. I want to see it. Some people are saying it's too soon. But... Keep in mind, Randy Orton is a 14-time world champion. He could drop the title. It wouldn't hurt him, you know? I feel like they are waiting for Randy Orton versus Edge. But something tells me that WWE has different plans, being that The Fiend is now inserted into the championship picture. So maybe... You know, WWE wants to wait to do Randy Orton versus Edge until the fans return. You know, with COVID, nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, there's no timing of when fans can even enter the stadium. So why wait for Randy Orton versus Edge when the fans return? You know, because who knows when. Yes, it'd be a big match. Yes, I'd want it in front of the fans. But you can't hold off onto something when you don't know when it's going to happen. And The Fiend versus Randy, I think it's the right call. The Fiend could go over. He could have a decent title reign. I didn't like his title reign the last time. Not when, not when Roman beat him for the title, but when he had the title before that, when he beat Rollins and had a title reign. I didn't care for his title reign. I thought it was too short. You know, Goldberg should have never went over in that match. But Goldberg, he was so concerned with, you know, keeping his character, 
you know, keeping his t character this big superhero that goes over, you know, the big guys, the monsters. He wants to be this big hero. That he could care less for putting someone like Bray Wyatt over, who is a current active superstar. And very well should have went over in that match. Now, The Fiend didn't lose momentum. The Fiend did not lose momentum at all. But, it, it you know, it, it, it was a goofy match to book. I felt like if they should have booked that match, it should have been Goldberg versus Funhouse Bray. That way, The Fiend would still have momentum. And then you could say nobody be, has beaten The Fiend. Yes, they've beaten Funhouse Bray, but Funhouse Bray and The Fiend are the same person. But when Bray Wyatt puts that mask on, he he turns into The Fiend, you know, the supernatural character who's unbeatable. The other side of Bray Wyatt is a better way of putting it. So, yeah, as I was saying, Anything could happen at this point. You know, Miz could always cash in, but who knows? All right, that is your Raw recap. Um, I just wanted to highlight some of the important facts of tonight. I do think tonight was a decent episode. So, you know, I, I think tonight was a better episode than, than recent episodes that we've seen since the draft I, I feel like tonight you know they've had some decent matches it's kept me intrigued there's always room for improvement but tonight was okay hopefully Smackdown Friday night is better I don't think it's horrible. You know, you got Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. It seems to me as if Jey Uso has has, has uh, turned heel. You know, he attacked Daniel Bryan. It has been rumored that Jey and Jimmy will join Roman Reigns in a new stable. I think this is interesting. Being that they are related. As you've heard in my recent episodes, I said this is something new for the Usos. This is something fresh. And I've always liked the Usos' hills. So, like, I like what I'm seeing. Roman Reigns as a hill right now is great. The fans have wanted it, they got it. And having Paul Heyman by his side makes it so much better. Being that Paul Heyman was, you know, creative director of, of Monday Night Raw, he got fired. You know, and they could have had Paul Heyman sit on the sidelines and say, hey, just sit backstage, we don't need you. But no, they, they paired him up with Roman, and I think it's great. So we'll see what happens Friday night. So if you're a pro wrestling fan like me, you'll tune in. Okay, anyway, um, I want to talk about Impact Wrestling. 
Now, I've never talked about Impact Wrestling on my podcast before. At least I don't believe I have. If I have, I don't remember. <laughs> um, there is one particular segment or storyline that I want to talk about. Um, a friend of mine recently asked me, he said, do you watch TNA? And I said, no, I haven't watched TNA in years. I mean, years. I started watching TNA around 2005. You know, when AJ Styles and Samoa Joe was there, you know, I think Jeff Hardy was there around the time. James Storm, Bobby Roode, those guys, you know, Abyss. Um, back when TNA was good, it was watchable. But as the years went by, not so much. Not now, at least. They did have the Hardy Boys, the whole broken gimmick what Matt Hardy debuted. They had something going for him. The Hardy Boys left, and so did, like, 15 other people after him. After them, I mean. But, um... But yeah, I told him, I says, I haven't watched Impact in years because of the product, the storylines. I can't get behind the storylines. TNA, they have the talent. They just can't come up with a storyline that's watchable. So, you know, he, he, he kept telling me to tune into Impact. It's getting better. I promise you it's getting better. So I decided to watch Impact. And I saw a segment in Impact with Tommy Dreamer and a couple other guys who I have no idea who they are because I don't watch Impact. There's a murder mystery storyline on Impact Wrestling. The lights supposedly went out and somebody got shot. Tommy Dreamer was screaming no or something. I don't know. This is garbage wrestling to me. This is garbage at its finest. Obviously, you know this is complete bull if you're a pro wrestling fan. Um, you know, my buddy said that TNA was getting better. I decided to give it a chance, but now I regret it. For Tommy Dreamer to even be involved surprises me, but Tommy Dreamer is a good wrestler. Um, but for him to be involved in something like this is, I don't know, um, you know, a lot of people have said TNA's gotten better, but from what I saw, I see it's, it's still the same as what it, what it was five years ago, six years ago, and that's why I don't tune into TNA, I'd rather watch Ring of Honor, which I've always enjoyed, I'd rather watch WWE, which I've watched my whole life. I'll even watch AEW. I mean, AEW, I'll get to them in a second. You know, if you heard my last episode, you know I don't care for the whole MJF Chris Jericho segment. But that's just me. Um, but TNA, or if you want to call it Impact, call it Impact. But it's just not watchable to me anymore. And it's a shame because that was a company that was that was decent. You know, when it first debuted, they had all the talent. Now, Dixie Carter 
couldn't keep half her talent. They, she couldn't keep half the guys that been in that company, you know. She couldn't keep the guys that been in that company and built that company into what it was. The talent she had then made that show. AJ Styles, Joe, Abyss, those guys. Now she has lost everything. So when she has lost everything, she sells the company. I, th I think it was Anthem Sports. She sold it to. Or was that Billy Corgan? Somebody like that. She sold it to somebody. I remember reading about it. And um, now it's just, it's not even talked about. When people hear professional wrestling, they either say WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor, stuff like that. Impact Wrestling isn't even in the discussion. And it's a shame coming from a company who debuted in 2002 and had so much talent and had this new creative way of pro wrestling. You know, the, oct the octagon ring, the um, X-Division match. You know, Samoa Joe was dominant. They, had Kurt, they brought Kurt Angle in. They had the Murder City Machine Guns. They had so much talent, and now half their talent has jumped ship to WWE. Not half their talent, but I'm talking about the, the guys they had, like James Storm. He was wrestling NXT. I heard he came back to Impact. I don't know. But Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, they jumped ship to WWE. Um, we, we, we've recently seen Joseph Parks in WWE. Like, a lot of guys have left Impact Wrestling. Well, a lot of athletes, I should say. And when I, when I think about Impact Wrestling, I wonder, why is this company even thriving? How are they still even around? They lost all their talent. I mean, it, their ratings, I mean, they... They've been from one TV station to the next. Probably because they can't keep their ratings up. I don't know. But. When I when I look at that segment the other night. The whole murder mystery segment. And I compare it to the MJF Chris Jericho segment. The dinner they had. I don't know which is worse. And I don't know what I should watch. Do I watch either one of them? As much as it pains me to say, I think the Chris Jericho MJF segment was better <laughs> than the murder mystery plot that we've seen in TNA. Now, I don't give AEW any credit for that segment they pulled the other night. Well, not the other night, but the week before. Because it was horrible. But that's better than anything TNA ever does. Because TNA just isn't watchable. And th this is a company that has tried everything. You know, they brought Hogan in, Bischoff, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy. A lot of people say, you know, Hogan ruined TNA. Uh, I don't think so. Dixie Carter ruined TNA. Jeff Jarrett had that company. When he couldn't control it, Dixie Carter took it over. You know, that's what I think. Again, I'm just a fan. 
But, you know, when Jarrett sold it, he gave it to Carter, and she ruined that company. She is a businesswoman, but she didn't know how to run a professional wrestling business. Company, rather. She doesn't belong in pro wrestling. Now, I'm sure she's accomplished a lot. But she's ran that company into the ground. And now nobody will tell me to watch Impact Wrestling because I will never tune in to that product, that show, that garbage, whatever you want to call it. I'd rather watch AEW, which is... 5% better. And that's not much to say. Now, AEW did have the MJF, Chris Jericho, Town Segment Hall, Towns Hall something, rather, that they did the other night. That wasn't as stupid as the dinner theater they had the week before. But it wasn't complete trash. I mean, MJF did cut a decent promo at one point in that whole scene. But, um... I, I still think, you know, Jericho and MJF have lost all credibility going in, you know, to the storyline. Like I've said, Jericho at one point was the top heel in AEW. Now he's just... He's he's like Miz and Morrison. He's a comedy wrestler. And this is a guy who I love as a heel. You know, he this guy can cut a decent promo, but what he's doing at MJF now, people are going to remember this. And I don't know how Chris Jericho feels about being booked in something like this. If I were him, I'd leave that company. AEW, they promised us something different they can't deliver. So when people tune into NXT every week and AEW starts to lose ratings, Tony Khan is going to wonder why. What did I do wrong? Well, this is it. You're ruining that company. And, you know, a year or two down the line, this company is going to turn into the next TNA. If they don't change what they're doing. Because what's going on now just isn't working. They have the talent. They can't say they don't. But storyline wise. It's it's comedy wrestling at this point. The matches aren't horrible. I will give them that. The matches themselves they aren't bad. But storyline wise. Um, it's nothing really to take serious. You look at this product and it's laughable compared to WWE NXT. Compared to Raw or SmackDown or NXT, rather. You know, and they said, you know, NXT versus AEW and ratings, AEW will be the dominant brand. Well, they said that in the beginning. They aren't saying that now. NXT is on top for a reason. Triple H runs NXT and 
it shows. So, AEW, man, they, they got a long ride ahead of them. They got to do something. We'll see what happens. We'll see what kind of garbage they put out next week. All right, guys. Well, I apologize if I sound a little rough tonight. I, I'm not feeling too well. Um, but I wanted to put out this episode for you guys. Give my thoughts on tonight's episode of Brawl. So, thank you all for tuning in. Tune in every week for another episode of Wrestling World. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for subscribing. I really appreciate this. Everyone have a nice night and God bless.